Hello and welcome to Medium Cool, a movie podcast. I'm your host, Austin Glidden, and as always, you can find us on social media on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter by searching Medium Cool Pod. That's facebook.com backslash Medium Cool Pod. You can search Medium Cool Pod on Instagram and we'll pop up, and at Medium Cool Pod on Twitter. You can also email us at mediumcoolpod at gmail.com. You can find me, Austin Glidden, on Instagram and Twitter at Austin Glidden, and search Austin Glidden on Letterboxd, and you'll find me, and you can keep up to date with all the things I'm doing. Maybe we can chat on there. Uh, but all that said, uh, please feel free to uh, like, subscribe, all the things just to, you know, help us grow. Because that's unfortunately what it takes in this world. Uh, so subscribe to the podcast, leave a rating, a review, whatever you can do for us would be really helpful. So this uh, today's episode is going to be Joe and I. And we're finally going to put a nice little neat bow uh, on 2021, where we're going to wrap it up. We're going to talk about just a few more movies from 2021 that we just want to get out there. Some we like, some we don't, but we just want to, you know, talk about them for a second. And then after about 20 minutes or so, we're going to, uh, you know, get into our top five most anticipated films of 2022 before I list off a bunch of new stuff. And I just want to say this, I list off like 40 movies, okay? There's like so many at the end. And it's because like all I ever wanted was a podcast to listen to where they would just tell me what's coming out. So you know what? Let us know what you think of this because maybe it's boring. Maybe it's not. Maybe it's super informative. Maybe I mentioned a movie by a filmmaker and you had no idea that filmmaker is making something this year. I have no idea how you're going to respond to this, but hopefully you like it. But that's at the very end. Uh, Before that, though, we do our top five favorite or or actually most anticipated films of 2022. Very excited to talk about those. So uh, without any further ado, I'm going to uh, hop in with Joe. Um, And in the outro, I'll talk a little bit about what we have coming up. So stay, uh, you know, stay tuned for that as well. But uh, yeah, let's go see what Joe's up to. All right, Joe, we are here to start with our 2021 wrap-up, which, you know, we're a month out now uh, from the turn of the year, Uh, but we just did our top 10 the past two episodes. We're going to be talking about a few honorable mentions here and stuff. Before we get to our top five most anticipated movies of 2022 this year, there's a lot going on this year, and I think we'll have an interesting, you know, I think we'll have an interesting group of, of movies that we've selected And then at the very end, with whatever time we have left, I'll probably pretty much name drop a whole bunch of uh, stuff that our (laughs) listeners can kind of uh, just kind of look out for, because there's a lot of stuff going on this year with a lot of good filmmakers. So uh, I I definitely want those to be, especially since we're still in that weird pandemic thing where a lot Mm -hmm. of movies that were in 2020 and 2021 got like pushed off. And now even in 2022, we're getting some of those, I believe. So... Uh, Joe, I want to start off with uh, our 2021 wrap-up, uh, and I just want to kind of pass it off to you and ask, do you have any kind of honorable mentions, or uh, this was the worst movie I saw all year, like whatever you want, <laughs> anything we didn't cover in the top 10, just a brief thing, what do you have for us from 2021? Oh, yeah. I, I didn't even think about the my worst, I, I want to do that. Um, because it makes me mad. Uh, no, I'll I'll only give a couple of movies that I really liked that obviously didn't make the top ten. Um, I, I was there's a um, documentary that was on I believe it was on Apple TV um, about the life of Charles Schultz. It's called Who Are You, Charlie Brown, mm-hmm. and that was just a fun. I watched that I don't know sometime late in or mid fall, 
And um, it's, it's actually number 12 on my list right now, but I was just like, it was just fun and breezy and interesting. Um, and it told a story about Charles Schultz. That, you know, obviously Peanuts is a big part of so many people's lives, generations of people um, over, I don't know, 50 years or something. He did the, the strip and the various cartoons and specials and what have you. And it's, it's a far more interesting story than I even thought. And I thought it was going to be something fun. Um, but um, it talks about some of his later years when he has trouble actually even drawing and you can kind of see a change in the style. There's just a lot of stuff in this movie that's really worth seeing if you have any interest at all in, in Peanuts. Um, so I, I think that was a ter terrific documentary um, that, uh, you know, like I said, if you have interest, check it out. Um, are we going to go back and forth or do you want me to just give a couple? Nope. G give all anything you want to give. I have five all or right. six I'm going to do, but we'll just do each. All right. So um, I, I'm going to mention three kind of his honorable mentions, I think, unless I I'm scrolling through my list, unless I, you know, catch on something. And I'm like, oh, I'm going to mention that. Um, the other one I want to mention is Halloween Kills. Um, we've talked about it a lot. And um, it, you know, we, we did podcast on it or a full podcast on it already. So I won't say too much about it. Obviously, what's said is said. And um, but it, it was a lot of fun, um, you know, much more fun than I thought. Um, uh, a slasher movie could even be, and it's far higher on my list um, than I thought I had any right to be. Um, the IFJA actually had it as a as a finalist for the best for best picture, which is really strange for a slasher movie. Um, but I'm on board with it. Um, I really enjoyed it. If you haven't watched it yet and you're into such things, go see it. Um, my last kind of recommendation is a movie called Censor. Um, uh, have you seen Censor? No, chance? but I know what you're talking about. Yeah, I just never got around yeah. to it. Yeah, it's it's sort of a it's it's kind of a Cronenberg esque kind of movie um, about um, a, a film censor in um, I believe it's in England um, where you know it's her job to watch movies and judge them uh, for the ratings and and to tell them you know tell the the filmmakers you have to take this out um, you can't have that and um, my dogs are back there watching that movie now I think I don't know if you if you're catching that so she's watching these movies and you know, watching these, you know, extremely gory scenes. And um, it, it's not about the effect of that on her so much as it is the things that she's doing that, you know, the, the, how the, her judgments are affecting the people who are making it. And uh, the, the questions of, is this really something dangerous and bad, or is it something that we're taking too seriously? And so it, it, takes a really weird sharp turn like i said it's, it's a david cronenberg film is kind of the the thing i liken it to most it's got that kind of vibe to it it's it's an interesting fun movie i would say check that out um my my pick for worst film of the year which i got very early on and nothing um has really come close to it this year is tom and jerry um <laughs> which was still Dude. wretched on you, so many levels you you <laughs> ranted about that before we started recording one day yeah that was yeah. so funny this movie, is, this movie is terrible i was excited about it like of course there's you know every property is getting this um i love tom and jerry as a kid um obviously some of the things don't hold up today but um man this movie is atrocious and it's got celebrities in it that is like why are you in this and why are we watching this movie why why is what is this that's kind of all i thought much like um uh, my rant about uh the scoob movie from last year is kind of my version of scoob this year except it's worse far worse <laughs> so um that that's my pick of the worst movie of the year 
I know, you know, some people might listen to this and go, how dare you? It's Tom and Jerry, but this is not the Tom and Jerry I grew up with. And I don't mean that in any sort of good way at all. It was <laughs> nonsense. And, uh, you know, I would have loved this if it was, you know, uh, if, if it was as bad as the Smurfs was a few years back, I would have been happier than I am with it now. It was trash. Yeah. So, Glad I yeah. glad I dodged that bullet then. Man, yeah, don't even worry about uh, it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I you know I I watched a, a comparable amount of uh, movies as you did this year, and uh, I'll just start by saying since you just did yours, my least favorite film of the year was Willy's Wonderland proper. Like that, <laughs> I know I ranted about it on the show before, and some people no. are going to be upset because of it being a Nick Cage movie. Here's the thing. Nick Cage had one of my favorite films of the year. Didn't quite make my top 10, but it was in my top 15. And then he had one of um, a good mid card, which I'll talk about here. And then Willie's Wonderland was my least. So he hit the, he ran the gamut of my interest. Um, Where to begin? Mm -hmm. Uh, Excuse me. I'm going to start with uh, the movie that was my number 14 in terms of movies that I actually enjoyed that I would encourage just as honorable mentions. I'm not just going to give my 11 through 15. Like, I'm just going to kind of bounce around and talk about uh, just a few. The first one is, uh, which I think uh, Matt Sosie and I kind of talked about a little bit during our top 10, but is uh, Ridley Scott's The Last Duel, which I think is the superior Ridley Scott movie from last year. Yeah. And um, it's because... Though Matt Damon and Ben Affleck are not very good at acting most (laughs) any other time other than our current time, um, it's not that they're bad. It's just that it's like very, it's just, it stands out. You know what I'm saying? Like eventually I was able to get past it, but it just took me a little while because it just, they felt so wrong. Um, Adam Driver is uh, quite good in it as well. Uh, he, he, He actually does well. Uh, I want. I I am trying to remember uh, who the female lead is, and I'm going to look this up real quick because I think uh, it's. Yes, yes. I think it's really important for her name to be mentioned um, specifically. Let me see here. Uh, Jody uh, Jody Comer Comer whatever it is. Yeah, Jody Comer, yeah, yeah. Jody Comer is so awesome here. Uh, like she she is by far the highlight of this movie to me. And it's very much an Akira Kurosawa kind of Rashomon story. You basically see a story from three different people or four different people's perspective, whatever it was. Uh-huh. And then, uh, you know, you you get the the uh, the title, you know, eventually. Uh, you get a duel. And it, it's just a pretty straightforward movie. Um, it's very much, uh, as every review has said, it's about we should probably listen to women. Um, uh, one of the controversies is that, uh, you know, the movie is predominantly told by men, uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> but you know what though, watching it in context, I have no problem with it because you're yeah. looking at the time 14th century. All right. Mm-hmm. So of course it's going to be problematic. Uh, and then it is about these three characters and two of the three are men. Uh, and luckily we do get to justify the woman in the end. I didn't have a problem with this. Uh, I I could go off and I could argue the points and stuff, but I don't need to. I think people should check it out. It's Ridley Scott going back to that epic style. And um, it it feels a little claustrophobic. If I had any kind of like proper criticism would be like, I miss kind of like the big wide scope of world building that Ridley Scott mm-hmm. is so good at. 
yeah. this feels yeah. like a lot of mid shots, like the whole time. Occasionally, you'll get kind of like a CG city, and then to cut back to just kind of like mid shots in in rooms. Um, and I kind of wish that I could feel the 14th century rather than just like be told I'm in it. Uh, but honestly, uh, the last duel is actually really cool. I gave it a four out of five. Uh, it was it was really fun. Like I said, it's my number fourteen. Uh, the next one um, is uh, I don't need to talk about it. We did an episode. I still love No Time to Die, so I'm just going to throw that out there. But the real movie I want to talk about is uh, an actual good Steven Soderbergh. Shut the fuck up. Uh, a good Steve- <laughs> a good Steve- Steven Soderbergh movie called No Sudden Move, which stars uh, Don Cheadle, Benicio del Toro. And uh, I uh, I also want to say this: Brendan Fraser's in it. I didn't know I loved Brendan Fraser, and I very yeah. much do. Yeah, uh, yeah I'll like talk. It. I'll talk about Brendan Fraser again here during this episode. <laughs> but No Sudden Move is actually really great. I encourage everyone to go check it out. It's on HBO Max. Uh, it gets pretty convoluted at the end, which is a big reason why I didn't make my top ten. Uh, but it is my number eighteen. Uh, it's totally worth seeing. This is that like. Like, uh, you never know what's going to happen because the plot just keeps changing. Like, if you watch the trailer, the plot mm-hmm. that we see ends, like, in the first half hour. And then you're like, oh, what wow. the hell's going on? And it just becomes this, like, <laughs> big old Soderbergh, like, the limey Ocean's Eleven. Like, it doesn't feel like that at all, but, like, the big stories, you know what I mean? Uh-huh. Like, in Ocean's Eleven, those Oceans movies, like, uh, at about the the third act when that kicked in, what you thought was going to happen, you realize somehow it got flipped and stuff oh, starts wow. happening. You know what I'm saying? That, yeah, that's what yeah. this does. Uh, this kind of uh, it flips on its head. Again, it gets a little too convoluted, but uh, I, I still had a great time with it. I was very surprised because I haven't been huge on many of Soderbergh's stuff. I'd say this is probably my favorite thing he's done since the Shea movies in like 2008 or whenever it was. Wonderful. So okay. uh, that one's fun. I want to talk about uh, Benedetta briefly. This is the Paul Verhoeven movie about like lesbian nuns. And it's the first 45 minutes, give or take 15 minutes is lesbian nun shit. That is straight out of like showgirls or something. It's just like really lame. And I kind of was just like watching this and just kind of like, ah, this is over two hours long. And is this, is this, is it going to be this Verhoeven? Because I don't know if I can. Like, I was in my 2021 cram also, so I'm like, I don't want to waste my time on this. Dude, the last half of this movie or more is awesome. Like, actually awesome. Like, And it reminded me of The Devils, which you and I Uh watched, except for it's not nearly as crazy or creative. Mm-hmm. But it's uh, it, it's it gets kind of wild, and it's like I could see it being really kind of religious, controversial. You know, mm-hmm. uh, it's yeah. it's pretty cool, and a lot of like the lesbian stuff, uh, which I have no problem with. It's just it feels like exploitation at the beginning. Yeah, um, yeah. like there's a character that literally carves a dildo out of a Mother Mary statue. So one oh, end is Mother Mary. <laughs> And then uh-huh. the other half is a dick. And like and it's just like this is ridiculous. You know what I mean? Yeah. But it actually uh-huh. ends up being pretty good. Uh I'm gonna be writing about this later this year, uh, for Midwest Film Journal because uh we're gonna be talking about nuns uh yeah. one month. And this is the one I picked. So that'd be fun. Uh I I have two more real quick. Um Guy Ritchie hasn't made a good movie and I don't know how many years. And last year, he made a movie I actually liked, Joe, if you can believe it. This is way down on my list, like 27 or something. But I still think it's worth seeing. I did not, like, rate this high or anything. But Mm -hmm. Wrath of Man starring Jason Statham. 
Yeah, you were excited about this. So Jason yeah. Statham and Guy Ritchie, this is not a selling point, Joe. This is just not a thing that should be winning any <laughs> points. I mean, but, 15 years ago, it would have been. Exactly. <laughs> and, um, yeah, I mean, yeah, the, these guys collaborated in Snatch and did some great stuff back then. Mm-hmm. It yeah. just kind of went downhill from there. This is a traditional uh, action movie. Very straightforward, almost John Wick style, like, mm-hmm. or Taken or any of those movies where it's like, there's one singular focus. Get mm-hmm. revenge on these people. Get my daughter back. Get what, it, you know, like those things. There is one yeah. of those things in here. And the last mm-hmm. 30 minutes is basically one long action sequence. And it fucking rules. Nice. Um, uh, dude, and it's it kind of sucks because uh, Holt, Holt McClaney, who was also in one of your movies uh, for your top 10, the Guillermo del Toro um, uh-huh. Why am I spacing that name? Nightmare Alley. Nightmare, thank yeah. you. I had a whole yeah. different movie in my head, um, <laughs> but Nightmare Alley, where the uh, the old man played by Richard Jenkins, he has like uh-huh. this bodyguard dude. That's yeah. that yeah. dude is is Holt McClaney, and he's in this. Okay. I never thought yeah. anyone could make him not cool because I think he's so awesome. Because yeah. he always plays oh. that kind of like the dude in 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 Nightmare Alley, where he has this great voice, it's great look, and in this mm-hmm. he's kind of a goofball. And I, that didn't work for me, but uh, okay. you, you should, people should check this out. It's not a long movie. Um, it's 119 minutes. So it's just at two hours, but it was a fun right. time. Um, if you're just looking for fun, that's mm-hmm. this one. Okay. Not a strong recommendation, but one that caught me off guard, to be honest. Yeah. The All final right. one is the Nick Cage movie, Prisoners of the Ghostland, which I've gotten a lot of shit for, for giving it three and a half out of five. <laughs> Uh, this movie is bizarre. It's it's by uh, a guy named Sion Sono, uh, and it is uh, like this weird half Japanese, half Western uh, movie. And uh, Nick Cage, put it this way, it, it runs the gamut on stuff here. Mm-hmm. There's a point where Nick Cage is wearing kind of like the old samurai underwear where it's like just wrapped around your body, you know, <laughs> and that's all he's wearing. Uh-huh. And there's a crowd yelling at him because everyone hates him. Yeah. Um, and this one young lady very clearly just goes, and it is a close-up on her face, and she goes, show us your balls. <laughs> and it's like, why is this in the movie? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's just uh-huh. frustrating. Or there's a point where he's given this super badass car to drive to go mm-hmm. do this, like, final mission for this guy to get kind of um, to get amnesty, basically. Yeah. And he drives the car like 30 feet, stops, jumps out, and he gets on a little girl's bike and just starts riding it as fast as he can. Like, there's really stupid shit like that in it. That was, like, yeah. frustrating. This is, like, but, unhinged Nick Cage stuff, it sounds like to me. It, yes, yeah. It, yeah. And this yeah. is the most Nick Cage movie, I'd say, this whole year, to be honest. Like, it's it, what you think of, that kind of thing. But, dude, it actually gets really wild. It al- There were parts of it that kept reminding me of almost like a a weird Japanese George Miller thing. Like they reminded me almost of like uh, Mad Max beyond Thunderdome, which again could be good <laughs> and bad. I love that movie, but like yeah. I recognize it's like just ridiculous and that's why I like it. Yeah. But uh, whenever they find the prisoners of the ghost land, you know, it just feels very kind of makeshift and I don't know, dude, there's just like a vibe and there's a creativity to it. Yes. There's a scene mm-hmm. where like Nick Cage gets a testicle blown off and there's that shit. But then there's also like this other stuff that's just like really creative and interesting. And I just want to throw it out there because when it was in Sundance, it got a lot of buzz. 
now watching it, I get why, because it's just the type of movie you'd hear about, right? Sure. Um, but yeah, it's just a really ridiculous thing. Uh, Takashi Miike did a movie several years back in the 2000s called uh, Sukiyaki Western Django. And mm-hmm. uh, this is definitely a Sukiyaki Western, that type of thing. Uh, that very mix of Japanese and Western. But anyways, uh, check it out. Uh, go in with kind of a... a, a um, what's the word? Go in with the right expectations, I guess. Anyone listening? Um, know that this is not going to be like this just greatest cinema you've ever seen, right? right. Um, but it was just a really fun time for me. And it's yeah. very polarized. <laughs> like, if you look at people's yeah. things, it's like one out of five, or people are giving it like fives. You know, like, it's one yeah, of those yeah. movies, you know? So if it hits you right, I think it's going to be a really welcome title from last year. And if it doesn't, you're going to mm. be pissed at me. But that's it, though. That's I, I just wanted to bring those up because I knew there was no way most of those, mm-hmm. if any of them, were going to be on my top ten. Um, right. But, yeah, that pretty much wraps up uh, 2021, Joe. A year that yeah. we both found to be mediocre, though there were a mm-hmm. few titles on there that will last and mm-hmm. kind of stick with me, I think. Um, yeah. Especially those 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 top three of mine, I think, will be mm-hmm. uh, really great. Mass and Come On, Come On and Power of the Dog. Mm-hmm. But I want to jump into uh, 2022 by way of our 2020 wrap-up episode, actually, when we did okay. our 2021 most anticipated films of the year, which is what we're about to do for 2022. And I just mm-hmm. want to, I just want to brag a little bit. Okay. And you okay. can too, actually looking at your, your list, you mm-hmm. can brag as well. Now yeah. uh, my picks for 2021, the movies I thought were really going to blow me away. Dune mm-hmm. in my top 10, the French dispatch in my top 10, Derek Delgadio's in and of itself in my top 10, though mm-hmm. I did technically pull it out for the episode, but it was my number five. Mass, yeah. my number two on my list, and The Tragedy of Macbeth, which is now available on Apple TV+. Plus. I have yet to see it, but I plan to watch it mm-hmm. very soon. We will see if that ends up bumping anything else off. Um, okay. But I didn't actually have an opportunity to see it before our list. Mm-hmm. So all that to say, every one of them, with the exception of Macbeth, though I have gotten so many texts, Joe, from my friends mm-hmm. texting me saying, have you seen this yet? So I have yeah. a feeling it might make the list. We'll see. We will see. <laughs> Uh, but I might, I may be five for five. Where I stand right now, I'm four for five. Yours, yeah. however, Joe, was Spider Man. I put Far From Home, but it's No Way Home, isn't it? No Way Home. Okay. Yeah. I, I've, I've been calling it Spider Man No Way Out for two months now. So, <laughs> yeah, you know. I put the wrong title on here. But Spider Man No yeah. Way Home, you had Nightmare Alley, Halloween Kills, Candyman, and The Eyes of Tammy Faye. Th- uh, three of those were in your top 10. And yeah. Halloween Kills was indeed one of your honorable mentions. And I believe you also yeah. liked Candyman. Candyman was uh, Candyman was in my top 20. Halloween Kills in my top 20 also. Yeah. So, yeah, those, that's that's a pretty good percentage. Yeah. Nothing that was just I, I'm obviously I didn't put Tom and Jerry in that list. And I'm glad I didn't. I'm glad you didn't as well. Yeah. I, I may have given you some shit for that. But so we did really well is what I'm saying. We we did really yeah. well. I, I stand by all of my picks. Again, Tragedy mm-hmm. Macbeth, I haven't seen. I cannot imagine not at least liking that movie. I think I'm gonna be five for five that um uh for that oh, yeah, whole bunch. Absolutely. Yeah. But now we're getting into our top five of this year, Joe. And I want to see if we can actually pull off the same thing. Hopefully we can yeah. pull off the same percentage. And uh, you and I kind of briefly peripherally talked about our list and i think we have very different lists though i think we might have a couple overlapping which is fine 
Yeah. Uh, but I want you to start us off. We're going to be going back and forth, giving our top mm-hmm. five. We're going to start with number five. Joe, five. what is yours, buddy? All right. So my number five is going to be one I haven't mentioned yet. Um, and, and you know what? I'm. This is going to be, uh, I mean, you know, if I say my, if I'm going five, four, three, two, one, this is going to be loose. Um, but uh, That's my okay. number five is going to, my yeah. So my number five just, you know, because I'm literally coming, I've got a list in front of me that is kind of in no particular order actually is more than five movies. So I'm going to take a couple off, but my number five is uh, comes out in April uh, directed by Robert Eggers, who brought us the witch and the lighthouse. It's called the Northman stars, Alexander Skarsgård, Anya Taylor joy, because she's got to be in all of his movies. Um, Nicole Kidman, Ethan Hawke, Willem Dafoe and Bjork. Oh yeah. Bjork. I mean, she's been in a couple of movies, but okay. Dancer in the Dark, um, which is just my favorite Lars von Trier movie. So I am hyped. <laughs> yeah, so uh, it's about a Viking prince who sets out to avenge the death of his father. Um, I'm picking most of this on the strength of, of Robert Eggers uh, making a great movie in The Lighthouse and one that I was, I didn't love as much as others, but certainly appreciated the the effort he made in The Witch. Um so and you know, I think the world is is a better place with more Alexander Skarsgård as well. Um, Anya Taylor Joy, I've I've liked in just about everything she's been in, whether her movie was terrible or not. Um, and then those other people, you know, are are generally um, making solid movies. So I mean, I, this kind of adds up for me to a uh, a thing I, I'm a curiosity if nothing else, um, and and kind of a dark horse for something that could be really terrific. You know, this is, uh, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and jump forward because this is my number three, Joe. Okay. And uh, I first off, I hate you a little bit for the witch comment, <laughs> but I think we've been there already. Um, yeah. So this guy was at one point up for a Nosferatu remake, which has since been stricken from his record. I would love uh-huh. to see this. There's like something about Robert Eggers that gets like time periods and mm-hmm. like this kind of old school meets contemporary vibe down so right he did it in the witch he did it in the lighthouse and spades the looks of his films i mean this is an auteur right like this is the guy that Mm -hmm. has a style and you know kind of what to expect even watching the northman trailer i feel like i know what to expect though this does look the flashiest of all of his movies Uh but alexander skarsgård looks so great i think he's gonna there's a point in the trailer if you remember where someone throws mm-hmm. a spear at him he straight up fucking catches it and just throws it back <laughs> yeah. it's like uh-huh. dude's gonna be a badass he has like 15 abs in it it's just really great <laughs> and then like what the fuck with ethan hawk and nicole kidman and willem dafoe and bjork like right. this cast is wild it's i don't even know like bonkers, what dude. yeah i don't even know what to do with it um and viking shit like that's gonna be cool Dude, I think yeah. I think the Northman is going to be great. I I can't imagine having done the extensive research of what's coming out this year. I cannot in a million years imagine this not being in my top ten. It has yeah. to be, unless it, it he like butchers up. it and it's just about lesbian nuns. Like right. I can't imagine not loving this movie. It's going to yeah. be the greatest. And um, I actually I, just I watched. Like, well, sorry, I, was gonna, I didn't mean to cut you off, but I I kind of feel like he's the new Neil Marshall. Where, you know, Neil Marshall for me, you know, he made The Descent and I was just like, Jesus, this is amazing. And then he made um, like Doomsday and just these like off the wall movies that that are just fascinating. 
some of them were really good and some of them were kind of bad, but they, I mean, or if not bad, just like maybe they just weren't great, but they were still really interesting and different. And, and that's kind of how I feel about him. Not just because he, you know, he's, you know, dabbled in horror and done just like some off the wall stuff, but it's kind of the same, it kind of has some of the same vibes to it where it's just different and just interesting. Even if it's, you know, even if it's not a movie that just blows you away, you're like, there's something spectacular in the effort that he's making and the movies are all interesting and, and certainly worth watching. Um, so I, yeah, I, I kind of feel like he's, he's next generation Neil Marshall to some degree. Interesting. Yeah. I, as soon as you said that, I immediately tried to think of a different person. I don't know why. Cause I like Neil Marshall. <laughs> Actually, I called it, I was watching game of Thrones for the first time. This is years ago. Yeah. And uh-huh. uh, he did a few episodes. He directed a few like key episodes that I remember. Yes, and funny yes. enough, the episodes he did were predominantly at night, which, as we oh. know in the descent, is all in the darkness. He's very good yes. at that, but it they felt different. There felt like there was a skill there that I wasn't seeing in the others. And when I saw it was Neil Marshall, I was I was impressed. But yeah, Robert yeah. Edgars was great. Um, I I did um, uh, I watched Valhalla Rising, the Nick Reffin movie. Uh, uh-huh. With Mads Mikkelsen for an article, yeah. and uh, it's about Vikings and stuff too, and it just got me uh-huh. so much more hyped about this. Mm-hmm. Like, I just love that era. I want yeah. more movies that are good. But, anyways, yeah. yeah so I, I'm gonna hop up to my number three, and mine's The Northman. I'm with you there. So yeah. uh, I, I'm gonna kind of pass it off to you now for a uh-huh. uh, for your next one, and we'll go for right. there. All right. Um, I'm again. I'm I'm kind of just picking from my list at random. I'm gonna go with. Um, uh, Jordan Peele's next effort, Nope. <laughs> it's called Nope. Um, I, I know nothing about it, but I mean, you know, Get Out was terrific. Us was terrific. Um, he's back in horror. He's got Kiki Palmer, Daniel Kaluuya, uh, Stephen Yoon of, of, um, of The Walking Dead and um, uh, I, Minari. Geez, I can't, Minari. I, I can never remember that movie. He was great in it. It was a terrific movie. Um, so I'm like, I, I don't, I have no idea what it's about. Um, it's, it's in the horror genre. Um, but it's like that. Okay. That's all I need. Um, and that's, that's um, what I'm going to go with for number four. I don't know if you know anything about this movie, um, but Jordan Peele making this making a scary movie. There's going to be something race related. I'm sure it's going to be terrific. And that's what I'm going with. Let's do it. Dude. I actually just looked it up. Cause I was like, actually, I don't know. Cause it's not on my list though. I do. It is yeah. in the longer list that I was going to uh, talk about later. Uh-huh. And, uh, yeah, it, uh, I'm as soon as you put in, what is Jordan Peele's Nope about? There are a ton uh-huh. of articles <laughs> yeah. and all of them are just like, this is everything we know about it. And they know nothing like none of yeah. them say anything. Right. So this one seems pretty under wraps to be honest. Yeah, yeah. There's something to be said for that in this day when nothing is, you know, like nothing is a secret anymore. Um, and and there's something to be said that he's really been able to do that with all three of his his movies is really keep the keep the plot, you know, something of a secret. Yeah. Um, and and it, I mean, and Get Out was a phenomenon, you know, and and just that us didn't get that giant, you know, spoil, and this one is you know flying under the radar. It's kind of a testament to him in some sense, being able to keep that, keep that tamped down. Yeah. Unlike Quentin Tarantino, whose scripts get leaked every single time he puts a movie out somehow. That's, that's weird. Yeah. I wonder who's doing that. <laughs> <laughs> He's like anal about it now. He's just like freaked. 
Like he, he yeah. like well, he makes people come to his house to read his scripts. Net like it's yeah under uh-huh. lock and key. It sucks that it has yeah. to be that way. Yeah, Nope is uh, an interesting one. I'm looking forward to seeing, especially because I have a lot of friends here uh, mm-hmm. in Lafayette that are big horror fans. So I know that that's probably one that pandemic provided. You know, uh, yes. I'll actually be able to check out with them, and uh, uh-huh. it'll be fun. I actually got to see the new Scream in theaters. I actually went to the movies nice. to see it with friends. Was not a huge uh-huh. fan. But we can talk about that sometime. Uh, I don't know if you saw that. Uh, we're not, that's not why we're here. Anyways. Right. <laughs> Screw that movie. Um, uh, I'm going to go back but to my number. Really. I mean, that's fine. What'd you say? I said, not really. I mean, you know, I'll, I'm going to see it and I'll be, you know, I'm into it. But maybe it's great. and Maybe it's not. But, you know, like whatever. I'll say this, though, since you haven't seen it yet. Uh, definitely check it out. If you're a Scream yeah. fan, especially. Um, sure. I, I, I don't think it's like not. I think I don't think it's like you shouldn't see it. I just don't think it's right. very good. Yeah. Um, but if you, but it's it's kind of like you and I were talking about before we started recording. Like, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I've already seen all of the MCU movies, so no matter what, I need to see them now because I just want to always say I've seen all of them. Right. And so mm-hmm. in that way, it's like with Scream, it's like there's a lot of things for Scream fans, and mm-hmm. if you're into it, it's like well, definitely check it out. I'm not promising yeah. it's going to be a great experience, but you're at least going to get something out of it. And that's where I stand. We're not talking about that though. My number yeah, five is uh, my number five is a the new Darren Aronofsky movie, The Whale, which I hope uh-huh. actually comes out this year. Um, it is up for 2022. That is the date that it has. There is no specific date. I know that they're still working on it. But Brendan mm-hmm. Fraser is the biggest name there. And after yeah. watching No Sudden Move and realizing, holy shit, Brendan Fraser is so good, and I had yeah. no idea. Because all I remember him as is like the mummy and jungle book and like fucking like Pauly Shore movies or whatever. And then he um, or whatever movie he did. I don't remember if he did Pauly Shore, but he did like Airheads yeah, yeah. or something. Like he was in all kinds of shit. He did Airheads and he did um, his his big break was Encino Man. So yeah, there you go. Like I, yeah, I was yeah. trying to remember which one that was, but I couldn't uh, I couldn't get Biodome out of my head, which is a Baldwin, not um, yeah. not a Frazier. But anyways. Uh, yeah, oh, The Whale is uh, directed by Darren Aronofsky, written by Samuel D. Hunter. Cast is, uh, like I said, Brendan Fraser's the biggest name, so I'll just leave it at that for now. Uh, it releases sometime this year. I really, really hope it does. Uh, and it's about a reclusive English teacher uh, suffering from severe obesity who attempts to reconnect with his estranged teenage daughter for one last chance at redemption. And knowing uh, Aronofsky and having such what I would call masterpieces as The Wrestler, uh, yeah. And dealing with some of those themes as well, and watching people struggle and try to overcome. I mean, this is kind of his wheelhouse. I am yeah. expecting greatness. And and I when I saw Mother, which I believe was the last film he did, yeah, I was like not huge on it right after I watched it until I watched it three times with three different people and found mm-hmm. myself talking about it for like five or six hours after we watched it, and I just mm-hmm. like started falling in love with that movie. You know what yeah. I mean? Because it was there's uh-huh. just so much stuff to chew on. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, coming off of that, I'm excited to see something that seems like it might actually go a bit more toward his more narrative-focused stuff mm-hmm. rather than being a bit more ambiguous. I don't know. I'm really interested to see what Aronofsky can do. Are you a big Aronofsky fan? I like some Darren Aronofsky. Um, I, I've, I've not loved every single thing he's ever done. Um, but, I mean, he's he's certainly done a ton of stuff. You know, you mentioned the wrestler and, you know, black Swan was, you know, was pretty, you know, pretty solid. Um, but you know, I mean, he's, he's been up and down a little bit here and there for me. Um, 
and I, and some things I've kind of skipped of his even, but um, I mean, you know, I'm, I'm into him, you know, theoretically. Rave review. Yeah. I mean, I didn't, I mean, Noah was like, I was kind of like, oh, that was what it was, but um, you know, that was kind of his last, I don't know, I guess, big, you know, big budget, big, you know, high profile kind of thing. But um, yeah. I, I mean, I, I, I enjoy him for the most part. Requiem for a dream obviously was, you know, was, was pretty solid. And um, you know, he's, he, he does a lot of interesting and kind of, he kind of does what he wants, you know, more or less. Yeah. And that's, that's fun. So. He almost did the Wolverine movie. Uh, like the Wolverine, oh, really? not not Logan, but before that when yeah, they did the Wolverine, yeah, 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 wouldn't that have been fucking wild? Like he was on it for been, forever, yeah. and they just could not agree. He yeah. had the studios, and he yeah, had enough he integrity, right. <laughs> as I'll call it. Yeah. Some would call him He'll foolish. Walk away, yeah. But yeah, he just walked away. He's just like, no, I'm not going to yeah, do yeah, this. Yeah, what thing. would that movie have been? Yeah, and also awesome. he was going to do a yeah, right. And he was going to do a Batman also at one point, which would yep. have been pretty cool. But yeah, I'm, I mean, I I'm 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 I guess I could say I'm into him like i said in theory as an idea you know what he does it's cool i i don't always vibe with his movies necessarily sure. but um but you know black swan the wrestler requiem for a dream for you know to, just to name a couple are, are movies that i'm you know that i i enjoy on some level if i don't love it. i mean obviously i'm really into the wrestler given our you know our predilection there requiem for a dream was was just disturbing on so many levels and he he does that really well he does uncomfortable very well so um yeah i'm into it i'm into it and I'm, yeah. I'm here for that back when i thought uh jared leto was not only a good actor but a cool guy <laughs> right <laughs> no you know what dude i even liked noah now now listen it's like i gave it like a three out of five so it's not a high rave review sure. but right. i actually liked it you know why because it is what? not a fucking biblical story mm. it is a fantasy movie there are rock monsters yeah. in that movie dude like yes it's what and it's dark as shit at the end Holy crap. I think that movie actually rules, going back to Uh your term, in theory. (laughs) Like in theory, it's actually really awesome. It doesn't always, you know, it doesn't always hit hit every uh Uh, everything as it goes. But uh and especially church people. Yeah, yeah. I love the church people. That's not accurate. That's not (laughs) yeah. Really? Okay. (laughs) Yeah, that was a big thing. And and even Uh in interviews and stuff, he was just like, no, this is just like a movie about like the environment. Uh And like, you know, he's just like (laughs) going on about what he's using this parable for. And everyone's Uh just like been out of shape about it. And the CG sucks. It looks like a last gen like video game to me. Like, I don't know why it's so bad. Uh, but I thought that movie was awesome, and I love Pie, and I need to go back and watch The Fountain. I, I really loved that when it came out, but I haven't seen it since yeah. then, so I don't remember. But yeah, so yeah. I'm, a, I'm a huge... Anytime Aronofsky does something, I'm 100% in, even if I don't, like you said, like absolutely yeah. adore it when it's done. It's always worth sure. seeing. So anyways, uh, back to our lists here. The Whale from Darren Aronofsky oh. supposed to come out this year. That is my number five. Uh, right. Joe, uh, your next one, please. I, I guess I'm on three. Yeah. Technically, now we're getting uh, wild. I I think I'm gonna cheat a little bit. Um, uh, down the road, and you'll see in a second. But um, but for number three, I'm gonna do this just because it's high profile, just because of what it is. That's gonna be Avatar two. Um, I, I I'm not gonna expect this to be on my list. At the end of, as a matter of fact, if it's on, if it's in my top ten. I'm going to be surprised. Um, I kind of expect this to be a debacle in some sense, but it's, it's Cameron and you know, it's 
you know, it was the biggest movie of all time when it, you know, highest grossing. I don't know how you want to say it. It's not a great, the first one wasn't a great movie. It was an entertaining whatever with some ridiculousness to it. But um, he's doing some crazy stuff with it. And he's been working on, he's doing like, I don't know, he's doing like two, three, four. I don't know how many of these he's going to make, but he's taking forever to do it. And, you know, that's kind of what he does, but he also does things big. So it's going to be something crazy. So I'm I'm going to, I'll be there in the theater, I'm sure to, to check it out. Uh, of course, Sam Worthington's coming back because, you know, he's got so many offers on the table. <laughs> Zoe Saldana, Sigourney Weaver, Kate Winslet, <laughs> Vin Diesel, Michelle Yeoh, Giovanni Ribisi, who was of course in the first one, and uh, Stephen Lang also. Um, it, it's going to be interesting if it's a spectacular failure. Okay, um, but these movies are coming out whether we like it or not. <laughs> so let's let's at least check it out and give this first one a, a chance. But they're doing underwater stuff. Uh, he's you know Cameron is nothing if not you know a groundbreaker in some way. Yeah. So um, you know this will be something. Um, I don't know if I'm going to love it or not, but I'm, you know, it's, it's one, it's got to be circled on your calendar. It's uh, in December, December 16th. So they're giving it the big, you know, the big thing. Uh, Avatar came out 15 years ago. Yeah. It kind of feels like that, honestly, but um, you know, uh, there's, I don't know how big an appetite there is for us to go back to this place, but um, you know, well, it's about to get, it's about to get blown out of the water because the first one they can use the marketing of this was the yeah. biggest film of all time when it came out. Yeah. And then they he's probably going to start banging these out quicker because now they've literally like built the world or whatever it is like what? it's all just like built now or something. Like I don't know if yeah. you google yeah. like the avatar world and stuff like right. I I'm pretty sure he just has like warehouses that are just permanently these things for now. Like like, <laughs> like he can right. just like go back to these places and like film yeah. in them. Um, and yeah, he's just, you know, I'm, I'm not always a huge Cameron fan. Of course I love aliens. Of course I love the first Terminator. And of course T2 is awesome. Um, and, uh, you know, I don't really remember what, what's the one he did in between all those, um, true lies, the under the underwater one though. Very good. Um, he did, um, Oh, the abyss. Yeah. Thank you. Abyss. Yeah. Yeah. So don't let Sam Watermeyer hear you bad mouth the abyss because he'll, he'll cut you. No, I, I'm sa- well. All I was gonna say is I don't. I only remember like yeah. one scene from it. You know, like I need to go yeah. back and watch that. Yeah, uh, and Titanic's yeah. fine. Like uh, Avatar's fine. We actually, I actually showed my daughter that because we're going to Disney yeah. soon, and we had yeah. a bunch of movies. And Disney owns Avatar, I think. So mm-hmm. for some reason, we just watched the first one. I still think it's fine. But I have yeah, to give him this like credit whatever. though. Every time he does something, he progresses the medium of film yes. visually. Mm-hmm. So yeah. at the very least, like he is contributing to the evolution of mm-hmm. the medium that you and I love so much. I have to right. give him credit for that. I mean, there's no there's no way uh, to get a, around it. And even the 2009 mm-hmm. film still looks good, you know, watching yeah, it. Like it, it holds up pretty yeah. well. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, I, you know, when I get to listing off some stuff from this year, like even some like the big blockbusters and stuff like that, like there's a reason to at least see it. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And so it's like Avatar 2. Am I excited about it? Not really, but am I going to see it? Yeah. yeah. And is it going to be worth it? At the very least, just to see what the hell he does. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like most yeah. big movies don't even have that for me. Right. So I'm with you, dude. Yep. Well, that is uh, Avatar 2 is your number three. Since my number three was Northman, I'm going to go back to my number four here. 
and I'm gonna go. Uh, I don't feel like any of my picks except for my number one are like a big surprise for people that know me. Yeah. But my number four is The Killer by David Fincher. Uh, David Fincher is directing it, written by Andrew Kevin Walker. It's based on a French graphic novel by Alexis Nalon. And uh, it's uh, Michael Fassbender and Tilda Swinton. Dude, fucking sign me up. And uh, people are comparing it to uh, something closer to like Seven, which might be my favorite Fincher movie, funny enough. And uh, it's uh, about an assassin played by Fassbender, who begins to psychologically crack as he develops a conscience, even as his clients continue to demand his skills. Um, That sounds like it could also just be like, okay. Excuse me, uh, the synopsis itself. But Fassbender is so incredible. It can be, at least. And Swinton is always just so great. Uh, So the cast is there. Fincher has that like distinct look and feel of his movies. And even mm-hmm. movies that, like, when I first saw The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo, I wasn't, like, blown away by it. But I'll be damned right. if I was like, fuck, this is just, like, awesome to watch. Like, I love the way this looks. I love the way this sounds. I love, the, like, the way people are at. Like, just everything's good. You know what I'm saying? Yes. Gone Absolutely. Girl. Not a huge fan of that movie, personally. Oh, it's yeah. one of my lesser movies mm-hmm. from Fincher, though I still like it enough. But right. I'll be damned if I couldn't put it on right now and still enjoy it. Like, he just Absolutely. has a way of, like, drawing me in. Now, Mank's a different story, all right? Mm-hmm. But <laughs> now that's a movie you don't talk to Sam Watermeyer about. He'll get pissy about yeah. it. Yeah. But anyways, The Killer, man. David Fincher. I mean, how do you, how, do you, how are you with David Fincher movies? Yeah, I, I was going to – I was just going to say, like, what is the bad David Fincher movie? I mean, um, I'm, I'm no fan of Mank either. Um, uh, and I, I, and I had even forgotten he directed it. Um, we, we kind of actively campaigned against that movie. Um, uh, you know, and I was just like, man, this movie was just like, you know, a, there were some people in, among our Indiana critics that were pretty high on it. And yeah, we were it was, like, it we was polarizing. Yeah. yeah. We were like, we can't let this thing become the thing, uh, this year. So we, we kind of like actively worked against it, but yeah, I, I'm a fan of Gone Girl. Um, you know, it's not a great, great movie, but it's, it's a it's a very watchable movie. Uh, it's got a lot of fun parts to it and a lot of you know uncomfortable things. I'm, I'm yeah, The Social Network, Best Picture winner, Zodiac is an incredible movie. So good. Yeah, um, the Curious Case of Benjamin Button is fine. Um, Panic Room. I like again, Panic Room fine. a lot. Have you yeah. watched that like in I, like I the last watched, twenty years? <laughs> yeah, I haven't watched it really like since it first came out, and I was like, okay, it was fine. Dude, it's uh, it actually good. awesome. Go watch it? it. Like, I actually think that movie is good. Is it the greatest film of 2002? Fuck no. Of course it's not. Well, sure it's not, not even. Yeah. It's probably still a lesser movie by Fincher. But my yeah. point is, like, dude, watching Jodie Foster and uh, Kristen Stewart, just like little yeah. baby Kristen Stewart, basically, <laughs> like running around from like Dwight Yoakam and shit. That shit rules. <laughs> and it all takes place in one. Pl- like, it's still kind of tense to me. Like, I'm watching it. Uh-huh. And I like yeah. I showed it to my wife several years ago, uh-huh. and uh, yeah, we were. I was just like, man, this movie's still so tense, and I know what's yeah. going to happen. And again, that's a right. testament to Fincher. Like he's just mm-hmm. good at telling these stories, even if what's happening isn't particularly uh, mm-hmm. won't particularly sell you on it. You know what I mean? Sure. Yeah. But yeah, yeah I'm, I'm yeah, with you. Yeah. 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 You Fincherize a, a serviceable thriller, and it's something more. You know. Yeah. So the game, you know, the game yeah, the should game, be the stupidest club. thing ever. 
Right. And I think that movie uh, actually rules. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, you mentioned Seven is, is a classic. It's absolutely a classic. Um, and Alien 3 even kind of gets a bad rap. It's not great, but it's not as bad as the, you know, as it gets, you know, given the given the journey of that film, especially and what it was supposed to be originally. Um, it's, you know, it's a, it's a solid, it's got some good stuff in it, you know, so. You know, I, I remember one time uh, Sam Watermeyer and he was speaking on behalf of Evan. I never talked to, to Evan Dossie about it, uh-huh. but he was talking about uh, I always talked about how the first two aliens are great and the last two are garbage. Yeah. And he was um, and he was like going up to bat for Alien yeah. 3. He's like, no, I think this is one of the best. Like, it's so good. Yeah. That this is why. And yeah. and uh, so I went back and rewatched all four of them. And Resurrection, mm-hmm. though I love Jean-Pierre Genet, is just the worst. Okay, I mean the worst. <laughs> I was I was gonna I was gonna speak highly of it in a, in a way, but it's I, there are things I like about that movie. There are things about the are fourth Alien movie. movie. Yeah, there are things that are terrible about that movie. But like all of it. What What do you like I, about like it? Most of it, but the <laughs> the stuff like the there's there's a the mid let's just say the mid part of it you know when you get the the underwater scene was was pretty cool i thought there there's stuff there that is okay the premise overall is terrible I, dude i don't know if it was on tv i might watch it and then i would like i would laugh at it at the very end of course when that weird human alien hybrid thing comes out because that's just the worst but i i still like and i haven't watched it for a long time but i i remember really liking that underwater sequence you know, and, and it's got, I mean, it's got Ron Perlman in it, and he's got, like, the, the dude with the backpack. Is Ron Perlman the guy with the backpack? This is how much I remember this movie. Uh, Well, I, yeah, I don't remember. It's Jean-Pierre Chenet, so he has all of his guys. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, and there's, like, there's like a guy in the backpack that, at one point, and, you know, there's, you know, like, there's there's fun stuff in it, even though, it, oh, I mean, it, it it kind of, it goes off the rails, for sure, and it's not great. Dude, but, when I watched it last time, for me, it's almost uh, unwatchable. Maybe I could be wrong. Hey, yo, like I said, listen, been... I'm not telling you what to think because you haven't seen it in so long. You'd have to have yeah. an updated opinion. Just for me, yeah. it was awful. But here, I, I say that to juxtapose against Alien Three. Alien, mm-hmm. 3, I love how we're not even talking about Fincher anymore. I'm, I kind know. of, but <laughs> but Alien Three is uh, is actually better than I remember. I still think the story huh. and stuff uh, could use a lot of work. It's very generic. Yeah, that's problem. But there's like still some really cool special effects in it, and like uh-huh. I don't know, it's it's pretty. I mean, Charles S. Dutton is in it, and he's he does not get the credit he deserves for being awesome, and he's awesome in that movie. But yeah. yeah, yeah, it's yeah, it's not great, but it's it's again, it's I'd watch it over Mank. Yeah, hell yeah, I'd watch it twice before I'd watch Mank again. <laughs> <laughs> anyways, uh, anyways, he has the movie Killer, the Killer coming out. Definitely go look into that. I'm pretty excited about it. I have pretty high hopes. Um, I mean, it's been a while because uh, he has this deal with Netflix. So he did uh, House of Cards, of course. He did, uh-huh. uh, of course, Gone Girl wasn't like a Netflix thing. So I don't know how that worked. But he did Mindhunter and Mank yeah. and The Killer is also going to be that. Mm-hmm. Um, so he has like a whole series of stuff. He also, like I said, with Mindhunter, like that was a series that he didn't direct everything. Like he produced part yeah. of it. I don't think he directed everything at least. Um, but he directed a few episodes, but anyways, yeah. So he's been working with them. This should be on there when it comes out this year. Mm-hmm. I'm really excited about it, Joe. Yeah, let's, let's I'm in, I'm on board. Let's do it. Yeah. So, uh, give me, give me your next one, Joe. I think you're All on right, number so, two at this point. Yeah. So here's my cheat. Here's my cheat. I'm going to just go with all the comic book movies let's just let's just get them out of the way because my number one is probably going to surprise you maybe not because we talked about it already but 
my I'm just gonna go for number two. I'm gonna say all the comic book movies because there's a million of them. There's the Batman coming in March. There's Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness, which looks very interesting. Sam Raimi's directing it for crying out loud. Thor: Love and Thunder, um, Black Adam, um, The Flash, which is you know like uh, there's a Black Panther. Like this is gonna be there's gonna be comic book movies out the yin yang this year. So. You know, if you're not into it, go take a nap. And if you are, then, you know, <laughs> you know, put your mask on, come to the theater with me. Because um, we're going to watch a bunch of these. Um, all of these probably. Um, the Batman might be my, is going to be my first one of the year in the theaters. Probably. It, it's probably going to be. Uh, I think I, Spider, well, Spider-Man, obviously I saw last year, but. Um, I'm just going to let so, you know the Batman is my number two. So you keep going and I'll, I'll hop right, on your, yeah. I'll hop on uh, your is, I mean, wagon. You know, it's. It's very interesting. I mean, because it's been a long road for that movie. Um, you know, from Ben Affleck was going to do it, and then he jumped out, and then uh, Matt Reeves, who did uh, Cloverfield, right, and among other things, dude. Uh, right let me let Cloverfield? me tell you what his best movie was before you continue. All right, because right, he did Cloverfield, it. which is not, and then yeah. he did the Let the Right One In remake, which is Let Me In, which yeah. is a remake, and Let the Right One In is a billion times better, so it doesn't deserve to be made, really. However, Matt Reeves actually made it really good. Like, for an American remake of something, it's still Mm -hmm. totally worth watching. And it has freaking uh, Richard Jenkins in it, because we always show him a lot of love. He rules. Um, But yeah, he did that. But then he did did probably my favorite thing, which is the last two of the three Apes reboot movies. Yes. Dawn of the Planet of the Apes and War for the Planet of the Apes, which I thought were just blockbuster masterpieces. (laughs) Like, I just think they're like legit, just so great. I love Matt Reeves, dude. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's very, yeah. And it, I mean, and I, and I've watched some of the, the trailers for it and it's kind of like, I don't know what the appetite is for a standalone Batman movie right now, but it looks cool. I mean, it's like, you know, the Riddler is in there and they're going to do it right. And it looks, I mean, it's going to be three hours long, which doesn't make me excited, but I mean, Paul Dano is the Riddler and he doesn't get anywhere near the the credit he should get. Paul Dano as an actor. And uh, you know, he's, he's, I think he's going to own that role. Um, Colin Farrell is unrecognizable as the penguin for God's sake. So it's going to be uh, bonkers no matter what, but um I mean, John Turturro's, and I don't even know who the hell he's going to play, um, but um, it's it's going to be something to see. I don't. It might be a flame out. They might say, "Screw Batman, we don't even like him anymore. He's not Marvel." But you know, and if so, then okay. But it's going to be you know, this is a culmination of several years, and it's going to be cool. Um, I think this is going to have more of an effect, like the Joker, personally, because yeah. the Joker was separate from. It was a one-off, separate, which they can do a Joker too if they want. It's just a different. Sure. It's out of the DCU, EU, or whatever. Yes. Right? Yeah. And I think the Batman, this Batman, is going to be the mm-hmm. same. This is their rated R. Let's do the mm-hmm. really hardcore comics, um, yeah. and the the games, uh, Arkham City, mm-hmm. uh, the video game, the Batman game. I think it was a PS3 game or whatever. Yeah. Uh, there's a whole side mission thing where mm-hmm. you're trying to find the Riddler, and every time you find him, yeah. there are he's a serial killer. I mean, he's like he has yeah. he's like Jigsaw from the Saw movies or whatever. Like, yeah, yeah. He's doing messed up stuff. Um, I love the idea of Batman being like ultra violent and being different. Mm-hmm. Like break yeah. break the thing. Like that'd make him more interesting to me. I don't need him to be exactly like what we imagine him to be or always mm-hmm. good or refuses to kill people. What if we have sure. a Batman that kills someone? Like what does that do to his character? Like what? Yeah. yeah. <coughs> Excuse me. 
what does Bruce Wayne do with that kind of cognitive distance? You know, yeah, I'm gonna yeah. take a drink. Hold on one second. Yeah, yeah. Well, I was going to say my my understanding is from what I've heard that he's not going to be killing people necessarily, but the Riddler certainly can, and I'm sure will. Sure. And like you said, I, I was going to throw seven at it and be like, oh, you know, Batman crossed with seven. Yeah. The you know, but you you know, yours you know your your analogy was just as good. Um, you know, the, calling him Jigsaw, and I mean, how cool is that? You know, honestly, Dude. just do that hardcore. There, listen, Batman wasn't a character until the the um, Detective Comics series in like the 30s yeah. or whenever it was, or 40s, yeah. whatever. I forget when he came out exactly, but it was in the Detective Comics, and then people liked him, and then they made him like a standalone character. He's yeah. a detective. He's the world's mm-hmm. greatest detective, to be more specific. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and yeah. So that's like what they wanted to do with this, from what I've read, is they wanted to make like yeah. a detective movie with Batman. And we're just going to make it like a dark rated R thriller. Mm-hmm. And he's violent. I remember reading when they would do test screenings. I knew a few people that lived in L.A. and went to these test screenings. Mm-hmm. And they were talking about how much they loved it. Um, but it was like so violent. And like, uh-huh. like this is way darker. This goes way further. Yeah. And then I started reading things about uh, with with things like Deadpool and all those and Thor and these things kind of catching on and doing humor better, they were like, oh, "Should we put humor in this movie?" And I was dreading it. Oh yeah, don't. And I'm pretty yeah. sure they didn't. I'm pretty sure they've stuck to their guns on this one because I think good. for the most part, uh, it got pretty good responses. So mm-hmm. I'm really hoping this is the Batman movie I've always wanted. Cause I like Christopher Nolan's. I still think there's, yeah. it's funny because that's held in, that is, that is the, the Holy grail yeah. of Batman for people. Mm-hmm. And I still think I love those movies, but I think there's still room for improvement there. Like I, or sure. at least something different. Like I don't, yeah. especially when you get through like the dark Knight rules, but it's like mm-hmm. narratively, it is a, a wreck. I think, I mean, we could talk yeah. about it. It just rules to watch. Like I like that yeah. movie a lot. And yeah. then the Dark Knight Rises, which I also really love, but it's like yeah. again the script and stuff a is mess. a wreck. Yeah, yeah. so yeah. it's like these areas, man. Like make Batman someone different. In this case, he's more of a detective than a crime fighter, so to speak. If you get my difference there, yeah. And you're doing it with Matt Reeves, who makes every movie seem darker than it should be, and it looks awesome, dude. And and then actually Robert Pattinson, I'm actually very excited to see how that plays out. Yeah, yeah. I love that. Uh, like Zoe Kravitz, Peter uh, Sarsgaard, Paul Dano, Colin Farrell, Andy Serkis, Jeffrey Wright, John Turturro. I mean, dude, this is just one of those casts again, right? But what's Cast, funny like is that. these aren't just like the A-list Marvel cast, right? Where right, yeah. Marvel has these like new guys that they bring in and make them huge, or they'll get like the old legends like Robert Redford or someone. But it's like this is like all those people that are like we might be like are the best, right? But they're like just below. Yeah. They're not getting these big things. It's like right. they all got them here. <laughs> yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? And yeah. and it just gives me so much hope. This comes out March 4th and I am stoked, dude. Yeah, yeah. It's it's a it's a um it's a collection of you could call them B we could call them B plus players if we wanted to use a a, a cliche from a different uh, a different industry. Yeah. But they're the they're the backbones of the movies that they're like Robert Pattinson is not a superstar these days, you know, like he's not like every, he's not Tom Cruise or Brad Pitt or, you know, whoever he's, 
every and every time he makes a new movie, there's a, oh Twilight, you know, a joke. But he's not been that for a decade or more. So right? long. He's doing yeah. Good Time. He's doing yeah. he's doing the Rover. He's doing yeah. like the Lighthouse, which we talked about with Eggers. Like he's doing yeah. weird shit, and occasionally he'll do like a bigger movie. But most yeah. of the shit he's doing mm-hmm. is not that. Just like uh, Kristen Stewart again, also getting the Twilight uh, right. thing. But she's doing kind mm-hmm. of amazing shit now that no one pays yeah. attention to because she's the Twilight girl. Right. right. Yeah. But yeah, come on, yeah. these two are actually yeah. really great. Yeah, and and that's what this whole cast is. It's just these these people who who are the backbones of almost every movie that they're. I don't know Zoe Kravitz necessarily, but yeah. but everybody else is like, you know, ter- tremendous actors. You know, Jeffrey Wright, Paul Dano, John Turturro, Peter Sar Peter Sarsgaard. Man, he is one of my favorites. He's been one of my favorites for fifteen years. He's so good. And he still doesn't get. Yeah, he doesn't get like these big meaty roles, but he just kills everything he does when when did he uh, when did he hit people's radar was it like boys don't cry that's what it was for me yeah and, that, and he's one of my stories like i watched boys don't cry and i fucking hated him so much yeah the next movie i saw him in shattered glass i hated him in it until the very end which which is the point of the movie in, in a lot of ways but like i hate it enhance it enhanced my yeah. enjoyment of that movie so much because I just hated him on such a visceral level after Boys Don't Cry, which he's just a, he's just a terrible, terrible person in that movie, and yeah. um, he it just it's a testament to him how good he is, and he's done a lot of like, I mean he did the Green Lantern movie which is a wreck, but he did um, Robot and Frank which is a movie that I love, and and he's gets no credit because he's a voice, but just like he'll he'll do all these things. And they'll be under the radar. There'll be movies that people have never heard of. And, but he'll, there he is. And he's tremendous. And um, I'm, you know, I, I'm happy anytime I see him in anything because he's, he's amazing. So, um, so I, I hope this is, does something big for him because he deserves, you know, really to get his choice of roles as he pleases forever, as far as I'm concerned. Dude, he's so good. He was also in um, uh, Garden State, which is probably when I first saw him which yeah. you would never remember him in, but that was definitely yeah. when I first saw him. He's on the fucking cover. Um, yeah. <laughs> and then he was in uh, Kenzie, which I actually remember liking a lot. Yeah, um, yeah. And so, uh, yeah, he was just in like some random stuff and he always stands out to me. I'm with you. Uh, yeah. And uh, yeah, so, uh, but also Andy Circus, who mm-hmm. always gets like these mocap roles uh, where he's like, you yes. know, uh, uh, one of the apes in Planet of the Apes movies mm-hmm. or... Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, I have Gandalf on my head. Thank you. Yeah, I was like, it's not Gandalf. It's going. Yeah. So like, these are like my favorite movies ever. I can't remember their yeah. names, but anyways, uh, like Gollum. Yeah, he always does these things. But dude, he's like so good, mm-hmm. like so good. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, what was the what was the Avengers? Was he in Avengers Two: Age of Ultron? He, he he was in. Yeah, he had a small role in Age of Ultron, and then he reprised it in Black Panther, playing uh, Claw. But um, I think he's like perfect. I thought he was just yeah. like fucking awesome in those. Yeah, he and he's is. not in it much, Absolutely. but I just think like yeah. he just has some. It's with his voice, it's with his mannerisms, and his just like the way he looks. At, like I think that dude is an underrated Absolutely. guy. And I, I yeah. at first when I saw that he was Andy Circus was Alfred, I was like, mm-hmm. oh, that's come on. Yeah. Um, yeah. But then I was like, you know what though, dude, mm-hmm. I like he kills it every time. 
Mm-hmm. He was fucking yeah. King Kong, everybody. Come on. Yeah, really. And so, yeah, I, I'm 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 stoked on this man. Um, let's go ahead and move forward, though, uh, yeah, for yeah. the sake of time, and we we have time, but we, we've we just broke an hour. So, um, why why don't we go to your number one? Because I'll come back to all the superhero stuff. Okay. Uh, whenever I kind of list everything off, because uh, I do want to yeah. talk about that, but I want to get through uh-huh. these real quick. Give us your number one. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm 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 going out on a limb. Uh, this is going to be bad. It's not going to be good. But I'm going <laughs> to I'm going to throw it out there just because I loved this so much as a kid. You're going to kill um, your raking now. I'm going to kill my. Ra- I'm just going to I'm just going to say like it's not going to be like this past year. Um, I'm not going to say Halloween ends because that's that's going to be that would be my my. Um, my honorable mention because you know i i want to see what happens at the end of that um so yeah i mentioned that without mentioning it so that one doesn't count (laughs) (laughs) my number one my number one is gonna be ridiculous uh chippendale's rescue ranger (laughs) i saw this i found out about this today and i was like holy crap like this is awesome you know it's you know the the cartoon if you've never seen chippendale's rescue rangers Go on, go to Disney Plus and go check out the cartoon from the 90s. Their theme song is amazing. There is the 90s is the most underrated um, decade for cartoon theme songs ever. You got, especially Disney, you got Chippendale's Rescue Rangers, Darkwing Duck, Tailspin, just like a bunch of these, like just songs that if you hear, like you may not hear them for a decade. And then you, uh, I've recently like t- uh, DuckTales, for God's sake. And I just listen, and this is like, they're so singable. And they're so stupid, but the shows are just goofy and fun. Andy Samberg and John Mulaney are going to be the title characters. Um, Akiva Schaefer, who was um, one of the Lonely Island guys with, with Andy Samberg and what's his name, Dormant Tacone or whatever, they're they're making the movie. So it's like Chippendale Rescue Rangers from through the, the Lonely Island guys. It's like, I'm, I'm going to sign up for that every single time. Um, <laughs> maybe nine times out of ten, it's going to be something off the wall and maybe bad, but I'm going to be there for it anyway. And, and uh, I want to see what it is. It's supposed to be live action. I hope it doesn't Tom and Jerry me. I hope it, you know, I hope it does something better. Uh, I'm just going to keep my fingers crossed. I'm going to, I'm going to throw my heart out there and let them break it if they're going to, but um, I'm going to, I'm going to put my everything into it and see what happens. First off, you're spot on with these nineties songs. Cause everyone you list, you said, I thought of it in my head. Like I could remember right? the things you're spot on. Yeah. I, I sincerely hope that this is in your top 10 so that Matthew Sosie and I can give you the look that I want to give you of uh-huh. like, are you serious? Um, <laughs> but I, honestly, I hope it's that good because then you're like, no, I, I am. Like, just like you yeah. were with Spider-Man where you're just like, yeah. hey, I am not going to be ashamed of this. Like, I'm going to go for it. I super yeah. hope it's actually really good. Um but yeah, I have nothing to say about that other than I loved the show growing up. I absolutely yeah. loved it, so I would be happy to watch it. And as soon as yeah. that movie, my wife found out that movie was coming out, she wanted my daughter, she wanted us to oh. go see it. So I'm sure I'll see it, and I'm sure you yeah. and I will talk about it well, at some it, point. It's it's one of my favorite recent memes, somewhat recent memes, that um, someone posted of Chippendale's Rescue Rangers. And they said, you know, when it says, you know, the, the I was today years old memes that are all over the place, it was like, I was today years old when I realized that um, Chip and Dale were dressed like Magnum PI and Indiana Jones and they were, you know, and, and I was like, that is exactly what they like, literally look at them. They were Indiana Jones and Magnum PI. And I was like, yes, I like this show even more now. That's so awesome. (laughs) I love that for you. 
Uh, that sounds really backhanded, but I'm being serious. Like, I love I'll this know, for you I'll because you're, like, stoked on it. And I sincerely yeah. hope it's not a Tom and Jerry moment. Yeah. I have I, little expectation thrown... for it right now, even though I do love them. But I'm yeah. so nervous about it getting fucked up, to be honest. Yeah, it, it probably will be. It'll probably be, like, at best forgettable, but whatever, you know. I, I could have also said Deep Water, Adrian Lyons movie with Ben yep. Affleck and Anna the Armist, but, um, which is a, a thriller. But, you know, I'll, I'm going to go with this anyway. All right. <laughs> My number one is a very different one. I doubt you've heard of this one yet. I heard about it last year when it was in the festival circuit. I actually reached out to the production company to get a screener because I thought it was up for consideration. But they were like, why don't you wait until next year? Because they were very nice. But they were like, because we're technically being considered for 2022. Okay. It is uh, created by Phil Tippett. And if anybody listening doesn't know who graphic, uh, the uh, visual effects guy Phil Tippett is, let me name a few of his, uh, of the films he worked on. Mm-hmm. Star Wars, A New Hope, Piranha, Star Wars, The Empire Strikes Back, Dragon Slayer, Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom, Howard the Duck, RoboCop, Willow, RoboCop 2 and 3, Jurassic Park, uh, Storm, Stormship Troopers, uh, the, all the Twilight movies. This dude has been everywhere. Yeah. I mean, that is quite like... Yeah. A th- I mean, that's... I guess he did all right. <laughs> I mean this. I mean the Star Wars movies and like RoboCop and all that shit alone. Yeah, um, yeah. is totally worth it. So uh, this guy actually, for the last thirty plus years, has been on his own trying to make a film that is my number one, called Mad God. Okay. It is a stop animation film. That he's been working on for like 30 years. And by that, I don't mean he's actually been doing it. But 30 years ago, he tried to do it. Felt like he couldn't accomplish what he wanted to. And I think they just put it off. I don't fully know the whole story. But I think they just put it off. Until they got upwards of like 60 people to help him fix, like finish it. All these artists. And he finally finished it. It's been in the festivals. It is coming out this year, everyone. And um, it, it follows the... It follows the assassin as the name. It follows the assassin through a forbidding uh, world of tortured souls, decrepit bunkers, and wretched monstrosities forged from the most primordial horrors of the subconscious mind. Every set, creature, and effigy in this macabre masterpiece is handcrafted and painstakingly animated using traditional stop-motion techniques. Mad God is a labor of love, a testament to the power of creative grit, and an homage to the timeless art of stop animation. Ready your eyes, ready your spirit, prepare to meet your maker. That is the wow. That is the written synopsis I stole from Letterboxd, but it's like so intense. Joe, I'm going to send you the trailer as soon as we're done. Um, yeah. Actually, before we get off this call, after we stop recording, I'm making you watch this trailer, okay? Yeah, I, I was actually watching it. So it's, you know, it was like autoplay on IMDb, and it was, and I'm just like watching it with no sound, as you're saying. It looks amazing. It like looks lighting, like a complete nightmare in a good way. Like, yeah. like it is. So this is one I don't know if it'd be on my top 10. It looks impressive enough to be, and if it's as wild as it looks, it might be. Mm-hmm. It might be like my off the wall pick for this year, you know. Absolutely, yeah. Um, but dude, I, regardless of where I think it will end up, uh, this is by far the most excited I am to see any of these. 
Um, Just because this is one of those off-the-wall random movies that it's like, why would you hear about this? I randomly searching, just scouring uh, best of 2021 movies on Letterboxd, just looking at other people's lists, and someone had caught this at a festival and put it on their 2021 list, which is why I was reaching out to them, because I wanted to check this out. Luckily, it's coming out this year, so hopefully everyone will be able to see it. They don't currently have a distributor yet. So they're working on that now, but it should be released. Uh, dude, it, like you just said, I encourage everyone, go to go to YouTube, type in Mad God, and it's mm-hmm. Phil Tippett's Mad God, okay? Yes. But if you type in Mad God trailer, it will pop up. Watch it. It's not long. And everything going on in this trailer is batshit crazy. I don't know what the fucking story is. I don't know any of it, but it looks incredible. So, uh, like, definitely go check this out. All right, I am I am done with my top five. I think you're uh-huh. done with your top ten. I mean, top five. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's legit um, ten. There's like five or six or seven comic book movies. So, there you go. Yeah, there's a lot. And we'll talk about those just a little bit. This is the last little leg of this episode here. Uh, I have literally a list that I'm just going to read through. And I might toss some stuff at you, Joe, and uh, sure. w- with certain filmmakers and stuff. See if you've heard of yeah. some of these. But I have 40 movies listed, and I think 13 of which are, like, blockbusters. So we'll get to those in a second. I'll kind of give some of my thoughts on what you were talking about since I focus mostly on the Batman. So the first movie, and I just have these mostly alphabetical order, I think. uh, Apollo 10 and a half, A Space Age Childhood, which is the new Richard Linklater movie for anybody who's a Linklater fan, as I am. Uh, Asteroid City. The rare occasion that we get Wes Anderson movies back-to-back, the new Wes Anderson movie, Asteroid City, with an equally incredible cast. Uh, Greta Gerwig, who got famous on Lady Bird, um, and what was it, the uh, Young young Women? I forget what the... the Little Women. She did a bunch. Little Women, that's right, yeah. Yeah, she was the mumblecore darling for a while, and yeah, yeah. she's done. A and lot she of- was she acted in those, but she's only directed a couple of movies. This is her third one. It's called Barbie. I'll be curious to see how that goes. Um, This one I'm actually surprisingly interested in. And Joe, I hope you watch the trailer to this too. It'll be out on Netflix in February. And it's directed by Jean-Pierre Jeunet, who we already talked about because he did Alien Resurrections. Don't hold it against him. Because he also Uh did uh, Amelie, which is one of my all-time favorites. He did The City of Lost Children, which is one of my favorite Ron Perlman movies. He did... did, Oh, what is that called? Uh, Very Long Engagement, which is probably one of his kind of big bangers. Uh, This one's called Big Bug. And it basically is uh, these people live in a smart home. And uh, they all kind of get trapped because, like, the home basically gets some sort of virus or something. The first half of this trailer looks awful, okay? I'm just going to be honest. Like, it looks like it could be terrible. But by the end, I feel like it informs the beginning of the trailer, and you're like, wait, this could be fun. Because they're like laser guns, or not laser guns, <laughs> but like lasers being shot, and it just gets uh-huh. really wacky, okay? Yeah, and I'm hoping okay. that it will be a fun time at the very least. I don't expect it to be anything mind-blowing yeah. or anything. Uh, but Big Bug actually caught my attention. And the the kind of lead actor guy that's like a robot, uh, I'm going to look up big bug here while while i'm talking about it as well because i want to get the guy's name uh if i can find him here uh of course i'm probably not going to nope uh there's some dude that's like like a a robocop looking motherfucker (laughs) i don't know (laughs) and he has these big white teeth and these 
bold blue eyes that are clearly like um, they're clearly contacts. But uh, he is so I just want to watch the movie for this guy. He looks so awesome. Yeah. I don't know. Um, but anyways, so that is uh, that is Big Bug. So then there is a, a double feature here. OK, uh, Yorgos Lanthimos, who did Dog Tooth and the killing of a sacred deer and the yeah. lobster and the favorite and all yes. these awesome, uh, you know, kind of uh, darlings that he puts out. He has uh-huh. two coming out this year. And I'm assuming that this is because he had one that was supposed to come out a prior year that got pushed off. I'm not sure. sure. I haven't looked into it. One is called yeah. Bleat, B-L-E-A-T, Bleat. And the other one's called Poor Things, both Yorgos Lanthimos movies. So we're going to get uh, a double dose of Lanthimos this year. Uh, Andrew Dominic, the guy who did uh, Killing Them Softly and one of my all-time favorite westerns, The Assassination of Jesse James by the Coward Robert Ford, is doing a film called Blonde, which was supposed to come out last year and maybe even 2020. Mm -hmm. I've known about this movie for forever, and it has been pushed off, pushed off, uh, but it's Mm -hmm. supposedly coming out this year. Another one, and again, listeners, I'm only I'm just like going down the list here. This is just for you to put on your letterbox lists or on a phone note or to go back to if you're looking for upcoming movies. Like definitely just like you can always go back and rewind to this point and hear these just to give you um I, I just always wanted a podcast, Joe, that would do this. Just like tell me all the movies coming out. So yeah, if this yeah. isn't cool, then stop listening and shut up. But if you want to right. learn about movies <laughs> Get your own podcast. These are, yeah, get your own podcast. I can do the fuck I want. Um, <laughs> uh, Canna- uh, Canterbury Glass is coming out. It's David O. Russell's new movie for fans um, yeah. of David O. Russell. Are you a David O. Russell a fan, fan, Joe? I'm a fan of David O. Russell. Yes, I am. Yeah, I actually was a fan of uh, American Hustle, even though I don't think it's a great movie, but it's because I'm a bigger yeah. fan of Scorsese, and he did that yeah, casino yeah. style, and I love that, uh-huh. so I was yeah, actually yeah. a fan. I mean, Silver Linings Playbook is like legitimately one of my favorite movies. I love The Fighter. Um, Three Kings is is really great. Um, uh, you know, I'm into yeah, I'm into a lot of his stuff. Even like yeah, even like you know, even in his lesser stuff, if you want to call it that. Yeah, American Hustle, maybe. Um, you know, there's I Heart Huckabees. If you want to see some shit, like look up his interactions with Lily Tomlin during I Heart Huckabees because that was some stuff right there. Like he was, I don't know if it makes him look bad. Kind of maybe makes her look bad. She's cussing him. She's cussing Dustin Hoffman. She tells Dustin Hoffman to shut the fuck up. Like, it's amazing Whoa. stuff. But, like, you need to go check that out. Like, I remember that like, movie. I remember that movie being underrated because I watched yeah. it years. I saw it when it came out around that time. And then I saw it years later and still loved it. But even those years later was, like, over 10 years ago. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But I need to go back and rewatch it because that was, like, Jason mm-hmm. Schwartzman and Mark Wahlberg. And yeah, uh, I remember them hitting each other with, like, balloons or something you know what i mean like but <laughs> yeah. I, and and dustin hoff like dude it was just I, I just really loved that was like one of my favorite movies at one point in my life uh-huh yeah so I'll, I'll find those and send those to you oh please and, and post them on facebook or something maybe because man it's some stuff to watch because she's just pissed like she hates him and he hates her because he's like he like just like destroyed the set and was like cussing her and i like i said i don't know who was at fault if you know, if one of them is like, you know, way out, of, they were both way out of line, honestly, but it was, um, it, it's some stuff. To, it's it's like a train wreck to watch, man. And it's like, okay. <laughs> Dude, I like want to read about this now, but I'm going to continue. Uh, we have uh, a lot of Cronenberg on this list, but not David Cronenberg. We have one David Cronenberg. Uh-huh. And it is uh, 
Actually, the name of a movie made in 1970. It's called Crimes of the Future. Mm-hmm. I don't know if this is a remake or a reimagining or a completely different movie just named the same thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but anytime Cronenberg has something come out, again, he has hits and misses, but I always want to see it because I love him so much. Yeah. Uh, Kenneth Branagh, following his uh, beloved and also hated movie uh, Belfast, depending on what side of the, the <laughs> polar caps you're on. Uh, uh-huh. He has the uh, a much kind of higher-end movie coming out rather than a, a passion project called Death on the Nile. Is that out now? It should be coming out soon. It's oh, very beginning yeah. I, of the I think year. it comes out in February, yeah. Yeah, so yeah. it's super, super soon. I'm, a, I'm still a big Kenneth Branagh fan, so uh, yeah. I'm looking forward to that. Uh, Decision to Leave. This is by director Park Chan-wook, who did the old boy, like he did oh, the yes. Vengeance trilogy. He also uh-huh. did Stoker, which I wasn't huge on, but it wasn't for 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 foreign directors doing American films. Uh, those are usually really bad. Yeah. <laughs> and Bong Joon Ho, who did uh, he did like Parasite, but he did a few yes. American films, and his are actually really good, yeah, uh, usually. Yeah. But uh, Park Chan Wook uh, has kind of been hit or miss for me with the American stuff. But I love yeah. Park Chan Wook a lot, so yeah. I'm looking forward to seeing Decision to Leave. Uh, Disappointment uh-huh. Boulevard is directed by Ari Aster. And uh, this yeah. is by the guy that did um, Midsummer and um, Hereditary. So I'm looking. Yes. This sounds different, though. I don't remember exactly what it's about. Uh, actually, I can actually I can look it up right now because uh, uh-huh. it's right here. Uh, but it's uh, an intimate, decades-spanning portrait of one of the most successful entrepreneurs of all time. This is very outside uh, what I would assume he would do. Uh, so I'm I'm looking forward to seeing what uh, Ari Aster can do because that is I mean he I think after Midsummer came out and it was a success I think yeah. people really kind of looked at him because a lot of people can hit one out of the park but can he hit two and he right. seemed to do better so uh, best of luck to him with that uh, Spielberg has a semi biopic of his childhood coming out called The Fablemans mm-hmm. um, Hayao Miyazaki who has to be like 140 now I don't know. Uh, he's the Studio Ghibli guy. He has a new cartoon coming out called, or an uh, anime called How Do You Live? Very excited about that. Uh, looking forward to checking that out. Back to the Cronenbergs. We talked about David Cronenberg. Well, now I'm talking about his two children, one of Great. which is Caitlin Cronenberg with her film debut, I believe. She's done short films and stuff. But she has one called Humane coming out. Interested to see what that Cronenberg kid can do. Because yeah. Brandon Cronenberg, who did Possessor, which was my number Possessor. two uh, yes. of that year when we did our top ten. I really love that movie. He's doing Infinity Pool. So we have a few of those movies. Humane and Infinity Pool by the Cronenberg children. And then uh, going back to kind of legends here. Martin Scorsese has Killers of the Flower Moon, where he teams up with Leonardo DiCaprio again. Uh, this is just like one of those killer movies. I'm just going to love it. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it honestly looks like a story that could be done by Fincher, but it's Scorsese, and I'm not going to complain. All right? Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, uh, off the back of a success, as far as I'm concerned, Steven Soderbergh has another movie coming out. He's one of those guys yeah. that does one like every year anyways. But this one's called right. Kimmy. I know very little about it, but it's going to be coming out very soon, I believe. Remember, remember when he retired? Like, Three years ago Dude, or something. Retired from movies and did TV, <laughs> and he did The Nick, which is awesome. So if anybody hasn't yeah. seen The Nick, unfortunately it was on Cinemax, so no one ever has it. But um, but it's uh, I actually got a month of Cinemax just to watch that show. Yeah. Dude, The Nick is awesome. 
If anyone ever gets uh, a ch- had a chance to see that TV series, there's only two seasons. And uh, yeah, but then immediately after that, he returned back to film. So, uh, yeah, he retired in, like, 2012 or something. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyways, Kimmy's coming out. Uh, Ryan Johnson, who I've been a fan of since Brick, and mm-hmm. uh, I was a, actually a big fan of Looper. I remember my friend Riley and I arguing about that movie. Uh, but mm-hmm. he's doing Knives Out 2, if you're a fan of Knives Out. I had fun with the first uh-huh. Knives Out. I didn't, like, love it, but I had a good time. I'm excited yeah. to see this. wanted to be fun. Mm-hmm. Um, if we remember from the episode, Christopher Lloyd from the film Yap's favorite film of last year was The Card Counter by Paul Schrader, and mm-hmm. uh, that marks the second film in what I am going to call a possible spiritual trilogy that he's trying to complete, because mm-hmm. he did f- First Reformed in 2017 yeah. or yeah, something. I already 17? forget. Yeah, 18, that sounds about right. I don't know, but so- somewhere in that time. And then he uh-huh. did The Card Counter, both of which have like a similar vibe, but they're, of course, different subjects but there's like a there's like a through line in this with schrader and he's doing one called master gardener that comes out this year and i'm hoping that it continues that because it would be a great trilogy i think hopefully Uh, it's less the canyons and more first reformed (laughs) yeah wait wait what (laughs) i said hopefully it's less the canyons and more first reformed do you like First Reform better than Card Counter? Because I don't. No, no, no. The, I, no, no. The, the Canyons is what I'm talking about. The the movie he did with uh, uh, Lindsay Lohan a, a few years back. Oh, was I know what you're talking about now. Okay. Yeah. I was yeah. lost when you said the title, but when you said Lindsay Lohan, I remember that. Yeah. yeah. I, but I thought you were saying, yeah, it doesn't matter. The point is, no, no, I like yeah, First no, no. Reformed. Yeah. I thought it was really First cool. Reformed was very good, yeah. 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 And there are like moments in it where I'm like, fuck, that is so awesome. I just yeah. liked the card counter better. I was surprised yeah. how much I liked it. Actually, it was it was yeah. like my number twelve or something. Like it was just yeah. off my list, right? Um, but anyways, uh, so Jordan Peele's Nope I have on the list, which you already brought up. Yes, yeah. Um, George Miller, the man uh, who's like in his eighties, behind Mad Max, uh, all four right. of them, including uh, mm-hmm. and also the kids' movies Happy Feet. I believe he did. <laughs> Just, Which no, is no, so weird. The guy who did all the Mad Max movies and also the the, the Penguin movies. Yeah. <laughs> he has a movie called 3,000 Years of Longing coming out that he has called in interviews the anti-Mad Max movie. I have no idea what to think of that. Yeah. But I'll tell you this. I love George Miller. Yes. I think every Mad Max movie is great, and I think they're all Absolutely. unique and different in their own way. Even yeah. Beyond Thunderdome, with, which people give shit. And, and at, like, I don't give a fuck about a narrative. <laughs> like like that's like a, a weird mess but dude it's just fucking awesome it's like it's like uh the movie hook meets like the other <laughs> mad max movies or so i don't know it's like some i don't have a good like comparison there but the point is um uh, i actually like beyond thunderdome a lot i like all three of those and then of course you get fury road and it's just you're it's a winner like you have an anthology now um but yeah uh 3000 years of longing very excited about uh, I am a huge Terrence Malick fan. I know that I don't think you're as big a fan as I am, but I know a lot of people awesome. have problems with Malick. Uh, yeah. But I have been excited about this for a couple years because he's been pushing this off. It's called The Way of the Wind. Mm-hmm. He's finally going back to period pieces, which makes me happy. He's been doing some more contemporary um, yeah. like settings, and I just don't think that works for his style nearly as yeah. well. I think there's like almost too much to relate to where a lot of things stand out. Whereas when we're watching like the New World and we're watching Colin Farrell like you know discover America, uh, yeah. <laughs> like it's just we can't really relate to that. Okay, <laughs> like like there's like enough yeah. of a disconnect where we can just kind of be cerebral 
uh, and in his head. And this this seems awesome. Uh, Noah Baumbach has a movie called White Noise coming out. Okay. Uh, looking forward to that. Uh, again, he's kind of like I don't want to say hit or miss. He's kind of hit or meh. Um, yeah. But I I don't I can't think of any of his movies I dislike. It's just more of like some are bangers. Like the Squid and the Whale is just like one of my all time favorites. But then you know he'll also do these others. Um, I think Noah Baumbach also did Francis Ha, which I was super high on uh, when that came yeah, out. I think yeah. 2013. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so uh, getting into horror here, uh, mm-hmm. X is coming out this year by none other than yes. Ty West. This that trailer looks, looks fun. I'm so glad to use that word because it doesn't yeah. really look great, but it just looks yeah. fun. Like uh-huh. you could watch this and it'd be great. This is by the guy that did uh, The House of the Devil, which I was a huge fan of. Uh-huh. I can't remember what the next movie he did the next year. Uh, he's he, he's kind of got a bad rap. I didn't even realize that was that this was one of his movies, but I saw that I did see the uh, the trailer for it a while back. Uh, not I mean like I don't know a week or two ago, and I was like, oh yes, the sacrament. He did he did a, a segment of VHS. Yeah, um, he did the innkeepers, which is what I was trying to think of, which was not great, uh, but I didn't yeah. hate it, and uh-huh. I never watched yeah. the sacrament though. I I, uh, I did want to see it. But the, the difference with this though is X uh, just looks fun, like the other, yeah. like like I th- I thought he really nailed the period piece part down. I'm not talking about accuracy, just I just really loved the vibe of the House of the Devil, and I yeah. love that like the end pops because it's a fucking slow burn, dude. And uh-huh. then the end keepers just kind of I enjoyed it was fun to me, but I didn't love it. I never saw yeah. the sacrament, but I'm just kind of expecting the same thing. If it's only as good as the end keepers, I'm happy. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, and and I, you know, we can give a quick rundown of what it's about. So it's basically a a, a crew of young people show up at this farmhouse um, that is owned by a, an elderly couple, and they decide that they're going to shoot a porn film, and they don't they don't tell the people this, and so uh, you know they, they, I guess they discover that and. Um, are not too happy with that in a murderous sort of way. It, yeah, so it, 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 yeah, check the trailer out. It, it sounds it fucking weird. ridiculous. I, yeah, I watched yeah. the trailer and sent it to people. That's how excited I was because <laughs> it looks stupid, but uh-huh. in like a good yeah. way. Like, I don't know how to talk yeah. about it. Just a fun yeah. thing. And then the, the last regular movie I'm going to talk about before I get to blockbusters is The Zone of Interest, mm-hmm. directed by Jonathan Glazer, who did mm-hmm. uh, several movies for fans of... Uh, movies like uh, uh, Sexy Beast, he did. Um, hold on, I'm actually going to look up uh, Jonathan Glazer. I had him pulled Under up. Under the but, skin? Uh, yeah, yeah, that's what I was about to get to. Scarlet Thanks for Johansson jumping movie. ahead. But he yeah, did the sorry. 2004 film Birth, which looks yeah, really yeah. weird. I never saw that. Um, but I wanted yeah. to see, uh, like, I want to see Birth now because I didn't realize yeah. he did it. Uh, yeah, but yeah, yeah, Under the Skin was like the big one, though. And he'd been doing movies since the 90s. And he finally does Under the Skin, and it's just this kind of masterpiece. And yeah, uh, yeah he blew people's minds. He also used to do like Radiohead music videos, yeah, which is like really bizarre. I was like looking into him some more. Uh, but he did Karma Police, which is from my favorite record of all time. Uh, so mm-hmm. what a guy. But uh, yeah, he's doing The Zone of Interest. And I just thought that was a nice one to mention because Under the yeah. Skin was such a banger. And he, He's just kind of all over the place. He kind of does whatever he wants, and yeah, it's usually pretty interesting. So I'm going to move on real quick to wrap this episode up. I'm going to move on to some blockbusters here, and I'm, I'm going to just list them, and then I'm going to go back to a few of them. We can kind of chat about them. I know you chatted sure. about them a little bit earlier, but since your number two was all of them, I'm sure you have a few <laughs> thoughts. 
Um, the first one is uh, Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom, uh, yeah. Avatar 2, which we already talked about, Black Adam, uh, Black Panther, Wakanda Forever, missing mm-hmm. their lead star. How are they yeah. doing that? No yeah, idea. So, yeah, I, I understand Shuri might, you know, his sister might take the mantle up. I Yeah, but nobody has any idea of how they're doing any, like how they're even going to address his death if they're going to, you know, if he, if he died off screen or if he's, you know, just somewhere like nobody's going to really know, uh, you know, at least as of yet. So uh, it's going to be interesting to see how they how they do that. Yeah, I, I, I have no idea they're going to do that, but we'll see. Now, Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. Let me say this. I was yeah. not a huge fan of the first Doctor Strange movie, though I like Doctor Strange. I think, yeah. dude, it's a it's a Marvel character that does black magic, dude. That's super yeah. weird. And uh, yeah, the fir- it was fine, like whatever. But in your number one pick from last year, Spider-Man, that was my favorite moment of Doctor Strange. I actually really yeah. liked him in that movie. I thought oh, it was yeah. great. I thought what he was doing was just weird enough and just mm-hmm. Doctor Strange enough in my brain that I was like, okay. Yeah. And then when I see that he's essentially building off of that narrative, I'm assuming it's built yes. directly off of that movie, and he's mm-hmm. doing the multiverse of madness thing. I'm excited about this. And this is yeah. what I'm talking about with these blockbusters. Do I really give a shit about Aquaman and Lost Kingdom? No. But no, like the thing <laughs> No, but but the thing is like most of these though it's like okay, cool. It's just like another MCU blockbuster, but it's like, man, but this one's particularly interesting though cuz he's doing this weird mm-hmm. multiverse stuff or yeah. or whatever. But then like my wife and I right now are watching Doctor Who. We mm-hmm. just got to Matt Smith as the Doctor. Literally, like, we're three episodes into his run. And there's a mm-hmm. Doctor Who movie coming out this year. So for oh, any yeah. fans of Doctor Who, hopefully I'll be caught up by them. But I'm also a fan of Harry Potter. Big mm-hmm. fan of Harry Potter. I'm one of those nerds. And uh, even the Fantastic Beasts movies, uh, which are not very, really very good, but uh, I love them because I love Harry Potter and I love the world. Uh, but yeah. there's a new Fantastic Beasts, The Secrets of Dumbledore coming out. The Flash, as you mentioned, is coming out. New Guardians of the Galaxy, the holiday special, as it's called, is coming out this year. Yeah, uh, I'm going to skip uh, a few of these. I'll come back to them. So then uh, <laughs> Thor, Love and Thunder, which you mentioned, and then Top Gun yeah. Maverick, which you and I were supposed to talk about last fall, and it didn't come yeah. out. It got pushed back. Yep. So that's something you and I are going to probably talk about on the show. But I want to sure. end on these three movies. Okay. All of which are horror. We're going to have a great... October, I feel like here. Yes. I'm surprisingly excited about all of these for no reason because they're probably two mm. of the three at least will probably be awful. Yeah. You already brought up Halloween ends. So we get the mm. end of the trilogy of the David Gordon Green Halloween movies, which have been good so far. Yeah. Then there's a Hell Hellraiser remake, Joe. Yeah. And I don't even know how to feel about that. I'm I'm yeah. very curious to here's what I'm curious about. And this is why I'm kind of excited yeah. about it. This could this could either be just a generic studio remake and we're all going to hate it and we're going to be pissy about it like the Nightmare on Elm Street shit. Yeah. Or they're going to give this to someone who has a vision and it's going to be whack. Mm-hmm. Like a David Gordon Green or someone like that, right? Yes. And if they do that, I'll probably be really into this shit. Okay, I already forget who the director was, and I, you might be looking it up. You should. David Bruckner. I don't even know him. I've never heard of him. Yeah, uh, no idea. No idea. So when I say, like, you know, m- maybe, hold on. What the fuck? He did, the he did a segment called? of VHS. <laughs> he did Southbound. He did The Ritual. I think I saw The Ritual. Oh, I saw The Ritual, yeah. Yeah. Um, 
the night house i think i saw that too what is the night that came out in 2020 i believe i did see that that was the one with um rebecca hall and sarah oh yeah yeah, yeah. Hall. um maybe i didn't see that no, i think i know i think i did i don't know dude maybe. this but like know. if you go to imdb the cover of this looks badass yeah. it looks conceptual oh, wow yeah like it looks more conceptual but still it like looks so badass and then uh yeah i oh no i didn't see the ritual that's not the one i watched okay okay uh i watched something else uh i probably vhs is probably the only thing and i hate that movie so i probably like don't have a good yeah. thing for this guy but you know what man like sometimes people will do something off the wall we just talked about jonathan glazer and under the skin and that dude uh -huh. wasn't doing stuff like that per se and then he did that and it was whack so yeah uh, I'm hoping for the best, preparing for the worst kind of a thing. But then another Jeez. thing, Joe, Texas Chainsaw Massacre remake. Jeez, another one? <laughs> That's what I'm seeing. It's just called Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Let, and, let uh, me tell you of those. Uh, okay, I don't know anything about that one. Um, I think I do believe. I no, I think I maybe I heard of this. Um, but the Texas Chainsaw from 2013, very under the radar. Um, Alexandra Daddario, isn't it? Um, who was in um, True Detective, the first season of True Detective, and among other things, um, she played the Rock's daughter, and I don't know, I think San Andreas or something. Um, but she's she's in it. Very good under the radar kind of thing. Wow, Alice Creege and and uh, John Larroquette are both in that, which is cool because John Larroquette was the original. Um, he did the voiceover for that for the you know the the um the intro for that movie oh, he read cool. the yeah uh for the for the you know the the toby hooper version toby hooper version so yeah okay i mean they remake they do another one of these like every third year or something yeah and, yeah and the guy who yeah. did it's only done one other feature uh-huh no idea what it is never even heard of it so Pete this Alvarez could did the story yeah this this could be this could be awful <laughs> like I, I i don't know but the point is like because of at, at the very least because uh honestly it's because of halloween and those being pretty good i'm open yeah. to some of these remakes and i'm hoping that the studios are realizing that david gordon green's halloween movies are doing well and and yeah. they're getting pretty good reception sometimes uh when people aren't complaining about them being mean and uh, -huh. uh hopefully they'll give some other people more vision and that's what i'm yeah. going for so uh, all well, that, that to say that concludes month. the whole list. What's that? That according to IMDb, that comes out next month. We'll fucking find February out, 8th. won't we? Also, also, we're not saying that it is a uh, you know is coming about because of the Halloween movies, but the director is a guy named David with a color in his name. So with and he's got three names. So <laughs> you, you know, David Blue Garcia. Uh, that's there's no. It's not a coincidence at all. Sure. Uh, it's probably not. Yeah, but it's 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 a straight internet release though, which is a little uh, concerning. Yeah, I don't know what that means. Uh, mm -hmm. And it, you know what? It might be terrible because most of these remakes I think are terrible. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, so that that pretty much wraps up twenty twenty one and two for that for that matter. The anticipation aspect yeah. there's a lot coming out is the is the key to take away from this there's a lot coming out we gave you our five most anticipated kind of joe had like 14 but it's fine and then i gave <laughs> you like 40 titles that you can just like go look into and have fun with uh most of them don't even have like 
posters up. So unless if the if the pandemic if the pandemic gets wild again, not that it's not already, but I mean like if things start really closing down, some of this might get the boot. It might get pushed to next sure. year. Um, but as of right now, these all have 2022 uh released years at least so i'm looking really forward to it uh joe any last thoughts before we start to close this out buddy uh you know it's it's a fun i mean you know uh, you know for movie fans it's the pandemic really like screwed up a lot of things uh you know i'm glad that you at least mentioned that and and we're gonna it's gonna be maybe it'd be a tough couple of years but there's some good stuff coming out and you know these movies we've mentioned you know are certainly um gonna be worth seeing worth checking out um, you know, people are kind of, you know, moseying in and out of the, the cineplexes and, um, you know, some of us like to stay home and, and uh, um, watch stuff on Netflix. The model's changing a little bit, you know, I mean, you know, even if we're moving away from theaters for some things, might not be a bad thing. Um, it, it gives us more access to a lot of good stuff that's going to come out. So, um, you, you know, hang in with us and, and uh, uh, you know, kind of keep, keep watching stuff. I, I need to tell myself that too. Um, but, you know, just stick with it. Let's check out. There's some good stuff. Let's yeah. check it out. I mean, dude, with, with I mean, Darren Aronofsky doesn't make a movie every year. Fincher doesn't make a movie every year. Eggers doesn't make a movie every year. Um, like, you have Linklater, Wes Anderson, Junet, Lanthimos, David O. Russell, Cronen, three Cronenbergs, Park Chan-wook, uh, Scorsese, Soderbergh, Ryan Johnson, Schrader, Jordan Peele, yes. George Miller, Terrence Malick. Dude, just so many names alone. You know what I'm saying? Like, not even the movies. And this isn't even all of them. I have a list right now, everybody. 22 films to see is what this list is called. It's a private list, so you can't see it, but it's on Letterboxd. I have 129 movies on there already, uh, just that I either feel like I should see or I want to see. Mm -hmm. um, so not all of these do I think they'll be good, but the point is there's a lot of shit coming out this year. And most of it actually looks like it could be tolerable. So, yeah. like, uh, if not really awesome, you know, uh, yeah. especially like stuff like the Northman and the Batman and Mad yeah. God. Go watch this trailer for Mad God. It's the greatest. But all right. Uh, I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to close us out now, Joe. We're right. done. Let's run. Let's uh, get out of here. Yep. We have now closed the door on 2021. We have now opened the door on 2022. Looking very forward to seeing what 2022 has in store. Joe, thanks for hanging out, buddy. Hey, thank you. It's always fun. Go check out these movies, man. They're going to be good. All right, everyone. That is our episode for today. Uh, I'm really excited for the next several episodes, for like the next few months, actually. Uh, I'm going to have Matthew Socian next week. We're going to be finishing up our Ingmar Bergman uh, marathon with Cries and Whispers. Uh, actually, Scenes from a Marriage first, then Cries and Whispers, and then Fanny and Alexander. I have to fit all these movies in this week. What the hell? And this is long. Like, Scenes from a Marriage and Fanny and Alexander are like eight hours or something. It's like so, it's like so long just for those two, let alone uh, Cries and Whispers. So... You know, uh, you know, God willing, uh, I will get through all of these and we'll talk about all three of those to close out our Ingmar Bergman cinema, uh, cinema marathon, which we wanted to close out last year, but our schedules just could not align. Uh, so we're finishing it out now and I'll move on to another marathon, I'm sure. Uh, but yeah, so th that's going to be fun. And I have a ton of new guests coming up within the next month or two. 
Um, uh, I have uh, old guests coming back. I have all kinds of stuff planned. I hope you guys stay tuned and hang out with this. I think it's going to be really great. And man, I'm telling you, I am actually really excited about 2022. I think it's going to hold some really great cinema. Uh, and honestly, I'm super hyped about the Batman. You can find a clip that just came out. Man, it's so good. Anyways, uh, I'm going to leave you guys now. Uh, I love you all. Thank you so much. And hey, good night, good luck, and take it easy.